You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. Make sure to check out our live groups or small groups. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Robert. I had a new experience last night. I, uh, we spent about three hours at the emergency room uh, with our puppy. I'm the guy that never liked dogs. My kids, uh, two of them broke their arms and I waited four days to take them to the emergency room. And uh, Leanne looked at me last night. She said, Leo's sick. I said, we got to get him to, to the emergency room. <laughs> so, uh, amen. I find myself this morning preaching uh, to myself. And I'm sure that... Uh, it will minister to your hearts if you allow it to. Um, the Lord's been dealing with me the last uh, week, week and a half. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm not perfect. He's still working on me. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he got a long way to go with you. <laughs> Amen. You like that, huh? Amen. I want to talk a little bit this morning about a first century tax collector. How many likes tax collectors? You know, the assessor comes in Mosby Cove at the smell of sawdust. He shows up. Um, Caesar permitted these Jewish citizens to tax almost everything. Your boat, the feast that you caught, your house, on and on and on. And tax collectors made a great income by giving Rome what was due, but then they pocketed the rest. Matthew, the Bible says, was a public tax collector, later to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. Private tax collectors, they hired other people to do the dirty work. So I would say Matthew was as crooked as a corkscrew. And uh, would you stand with me for the reading of the word of God. I want to read to you this morning out of Mark chapter 2, verse 14, and then we'll look at a couple other scriptures in, in, in the Gospels. And as he passed by, speaking about Jesus, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the receipt of custom, and said unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. Pastor Rita, would you bless the reading of the word of God, please? Heavenly Father, on this holiday, we come to you and we come and we applaud you this morning, Lord, as we approach your throne. I thank you that we live in the good old United States mm -hmm. of America. Right. I'm thankful that in New York Harbor, there still stands a lady with her torch raised uh. to the sky. And Father, I'm thankful that that means there's still freedom for me in this land physically. I'm thankful for the stars and the stripes. But I'm even more thankful that one day my mother 
another pointed me to a hill. And on that hill, there was a cross raised to the sky with a Savior hanging on that cross. And the cross is my statue of liberty. Thank you, Father, for the scars and stripes that were on Calvary's hill that day. Father, I just thank you this morning that we do live in a land where we can still come to church and praise you. And Father, as I was sitting here in praise and worship, I remembered the mm-hmm. days when Clarice used to pull fresh bread out of the oven, mm-hmm. and then we would knock on doors and give it away. Mm-hmm. Well, this morning, Pastor yes. is going to pull fresh bread out mm-hmm. of his heart and his spirit, and I pray that the Holy Ghost would knock on That's doors right. and will give it away mm-hmm. this morning to people that don't know you. Mm-hmm. Holy Ghost, have your way in this house today. Mm-hmm. Come down and fill this house. And just as the oil dripped off Aaron's beard and onto his collar and the yes, ephod God. and ran down the hem of his mm-hmm. garment, I pray that the anointing would fall from pastor's words and his lips. And Father, open our ears, open our eyes, and open our spirit. And when we leave this place today, may Everyone leaves saying uh, it was good uh, to have been in the house of the Lord this day. We honor you. We give you glory and we praise your name for what you've done, but what you're going to do here in your house this morning. Amen. Amen. Let's go home. All right. Let's go home. She already brought the message. Levi is another name for Matthew. His given name, Levi, was a priestly name. So I, I kind of wonder if his parents uh, uh, maybe aspired that he would enter into the priesthood. If so, he was going, he ended up being a family flop in, in the circle. So uh, uh, this morning, he was as crooked as he could be. Uh, a tax collector was shunned. Have you ever, and I want to teach this morning, try not to preach, maybe a little preacher come out, but have you ever shunned somebody? Talk to me a little bit. I know half the church isn't here, but the good half is here, all right? Amen. So have you ever shunned anyone? Uh, I would say Matthew's neighbors were having picnics at the 4th of July, and uh, he didn't get invited. Whatever was going on, uh, he was avoided. The guy was avoided like the plague. Uh, do you have anybody in your circle, uh, maybe in your family, that, that you like to avoid? Uh, everybody kept their distance from Matthew. I said everyone. But everyone but Jesus. Matthew's gospel in verse 9 of chapter 9 said, And as Jesus passed forth from thence, he saw a man named Matthew, sitting at the receipt of custom, and he saith unto him, follow me, and he arose and followed him. He's speaking to Matthew. He's a crook. He's as dirty as he can be, but he didn't even have to, what jumped off the pages at me, the Lord didn't even have to tug at his heart. He just said, come follow me. So in my spirit, the Lord began to speak 
What is in our lives when we walk by somebody else that they'll have a desire just to get up and follow the Lord that you are following? I believe when the Lord passed by Matthew, there was such a presence on the Lord and such a power that he identified that this man is not of the normal. This is the Lord God Almighty and I got to follow him. I just pray that that kind of anointing would be on me, would be on you, and would be on this church. I said I wasn't going to preach. That we don't even have to say a word. We don't have to beat them with the King James. We just got to walk the walk and talk the talk. Somebody say amen. amen. Luke's gospel, chapter 5, verse 29, and Levi made him a great feast in his own house. And there was a great company of publicans and others that sat down with him. So what is going on here? Levi instantly calls his friends together. Levi held a reception for his fellow tax collectors and, and other notorious sinners so they could meet Jesus right out of the gate. As soon as he began to follow Jesus, he wasn't ashamed. Are you ashamed today? Does people know that you are a Christ follower? Do you hear me? Many tax collectors and other people were eating there too. Sinners and saints in the same room. That's sinners and saints in the same house. Think about that. That's why this place is called your home for compassion. Sinners and saints gathering together and everybody's welcome at the Father's house. Earlier this morning, my memory went back probably about 15 years ago at the old building. One of the ushers came in my office right before church. He said, hey, pastor, there is a new young lady here and she's very attractive and she's got a skirt clear up to here. And he said, do you want me to? She went straight up front and sat down in the front row. He said, you want me to ask her to cover up? Do you want me to ask her to move? I said, no, 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 just leave her alone. I stood there and preached like this the whole time. <laughs> she gave her life to Christ. Nobody had to tell her to bring her dress down. The next week, saints and sinners in the same room don't condemn nobody. Let's go fishing. Let's catch the fish. Let God clean them up. Somebody give them a hand clap and a shout of praise. Can I tell you one more story? I won't be long today. The older I get, you want to tell stories. We used to be known for Bike Sunday. Second Sunday in July. 15 years in a row. Bigger than Easter, bigger than Christmas for Jewel City Church. We took a beating by local churches. I'd ride a Harley down the aisle. Smoke machines, instead of singing Sweet Home Alabama, they'd sing Sweet Home Up in Heaven. Do-rags. I instructed the church, don't worry when they come and they got alcohol in their breath. I'm not saying all bikers. I smelt marijuana in our parking lot, but we just loved them. One Wednesday night after church before Bike Sunday, I got on my bike, I went to Clarksburg, I'm driving around putting up posters, and I drive by Menards and I look over and there's a biker bar. And I thought, I'm going in that biker's bar. And I walked in the biker's bar. And the owner, I didn't know him at the time, was Timmy Lacenti. 
And he was standing there with his back to me, but he's looking in the mirror and he said, what the bleep bleep are you doing here? And I said, how do you know who I am? He said, I watch you on TV every Sunday. I said, I'm here to invite you to Jewel City Church for our bike Sunday. His words, if you're man enough to come in this place, I'm man enough to go to your place. I said, can I put your bike on stage under the cross? And he began to laugh. He said, you want my bike on the stage under the cross? He said, you tell, he said, I'll, you will hear me coming before I get there. His bike was loud. Let him to the Lord that day. Do you hear what I'm saying? Let him to the Lord. What long he called me. He said, I shut down the bar. I got a job driving the school bus. And by the way, the girl I'm living with is not my wife. Will you do my wedding? And I did his wedding and he showed up in a three-piece suit. And it wasn't long after that. He found out he had cancer and he died. Can I tell you, we need the grace of God, but we need the truth also. Let's let God take care of everyone. Everybody is welcome in the Father's house. Somebody give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. Sinners and saints in the same room. The Pharisees and the men who taught the law. For the Pharisees began to complain to Jesus' followers. The religious elite, the long-nosed religious. Luke 5 and 30, but their scribes and Pharisees murmured against his disciples, saying, why do you eat and drink with publicans and sinners? Some religious fellow you are. That's what they're saying. Look at the people that you're hanging out with. And Jesus intervenes. Listen to what he said in Luke 5 and 31. And Jesus answering said unto them, they that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. See, the righteous either do not know or they do not accept the fact that they need repentance. Luke 19 and 10 says, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Verse 32 said, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. The Pharisees considered themselves spiritually healthy and righteous. In actuality, they were unhealthy and self-righteous. Membership will not get you to heaven. Baptism will not get you to heaven. Your works will not get you to heaven. They were unhealthy. If you're here today, are you healthy? Are you not just a member of a church? Most people say, well, I was baptized when I was a kid. Well, I hope you knew the Lord. Because baptism comes after salvation and a personal relationship with the Lord God. Can somebody say amen? amen. So since they did not think that they were sick, they saw no need for Jesus. So let's get to the main part of the message. Let me unwrap. I'm preaching it myself. Levi was ignored by many, shunned. They wrote him off because they didn't like him. One of the most difficult relationship questions is, what will you do with your Levi? I was walking across here this morning. What's that church say? Linda said, look at my sister's shirt. It says, love God. I love God, but some of his children get on my nerves. 
And I said, there's confirmation. <laughs> what will you do with your Levi? Who is your Levi? Your Levi is the person with whom you fundamentally disagree with. While in today's culture, if you disagree with somebody, they're liable to burn your house down. And then I'm liable to go burn their house down if they burn my house down. And then I gotta ask for grace, right? Just joking, all right? Don't leave and say, our pastor's gonna go burn somebody's house down. It's a joke. Your Levi is the person who you have a different value system with. Your Levi is somebody that embraces a different philosophy. Your Levi is somebody who has a different code of behavior. Your Levi is somebody that has a different dress code. I went in the DMV, Department of Motor Vehicles, Friday. Kind of like the emergency room, three hours. I came out and got in the car with my wife and I said, wow, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, I'm, I, this is nice, I'm just gonna say what I said. I said, it just looked like a freak show. I mean, I, these people, where do they come from? And, and, and back in the day when I had winter tread tires on my car, back in the day I had studs, you know what I'm talking about. Some of these people had more studs in their face than I got in my old tires. I said, the Lord's working on me. It's, it's one lady, I'm just telling you, she had a shirt to here and, and all this was as big as my belly and it was all tattooed. I thought I'd cover that up. <laughs> cover it up. How does God, <laughs> how does God want us to, I'm, 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 I'm trying to be serious. I, I, I really am. I'm trying to be serious because I'm old school. And I'm trying, I'm, I'm, Lord, work on me. I'm being honest. How does God want us? How does God want you? How does God want me to respond to the Levi's of the world? Whew, preaching to myself. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he's preaching to himself. Does God want me to ignore them? Does God want me to sit down and share a meal with them? Oh, Jesus. Does God want me to leave the room when one of them enter into the room? I'm not talking about just the ones with the studs in the face. I'm talking about a lot of church folk too. Huh? Well, one time I was walking down the hall and, and Pastor Ruth was doing some counseling and, and the door was open. Nobody was in the building. And, and she was at her desk facing the door and the person who was in the chair facing her could not see me. And once I seen who that person was, I did to Michael Jackson. And Pastor Ruth and I laughed about it for years. Does God want us to avoid people? Does God want us to sit down and discuss our differences? Does he want us to dismiss our differences? Does he want us to sit down and argue? Here's the answer. Romans chapter 14, verse one. And I'm reading this out of the NIV. The very first word said, accept. Accept the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. Paul opens up there that very first word, accept. And then in Romans 15 and 7, he opens up again. He said, accept. Somebody say, accept. 
one another, then just as Christ accepted you. In order, why? To bring praise to God. That word accept, this means more than to tolerate or to coexist. Maybe you're set by somebody this morning you just tolerate. Look straight ahead. That word means to welcome into one's fellowship and to welcome one into your heart. This past week, I wanted to write somebody off, not from here, although I have thought about it a few times. <laughs> and the Lord began to work with me. And somebody else began to speak into my heart also. It means to welcome into one's fellowship and heart. That's a hard thing to do. When you totally disagree with somebody, when somebody jerks the rug out from under you, when somebody hurts you, it's easier to write them off. You can say, well, I love them, but I don't want to be around them anymore. That word accept, the word implies the warmth and the kindness of genuine love. It's easy to say, I love them, but I don't want to be around them anymore. Romans chapter 12, verse 9, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. 28 years I've stood on the word love in this pulpit, and I've loved people. And I'm still struggling with it at times. How about you? 1 Corinthians 13 and 4, love is patient. <laughs> I got to stop there. I almost bought a horse the other day. We got two. And I said, what's a horse's name? And they said, patience. My wife said, you ought to buy that horse. She said, then you could finally get up and tell the church you got some patience. That's just a little side note, all right? Love, I didn't buy the horse. Not yet, John. <laughs> Love is patient, love is kind, kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. How many's got an anger problem in here? Raise your hand, now don't do it, don't do it. Here's something else, why did he put this in there? It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It what? It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never fails. So how does the Lord receive? How does he accept us? All I can tell you is how he received me. I was raised in church. I tell you, you've heard it a hundred times. I was drugged. I had a drug problem. Drugged to church. But about 16, I went what they would say, haywire. Until I was 20, 21 years old, sitting on a bar stool. And the Holy Spirit 
showed up in a bar. Maybe that's why I went to a biker bar. I don't know. Touch my heart. All I can tell you is how he received me. I was lost as Levi. I was sitting in a pig's pen, kind of like the prodigal son that had went to a far country, spent everything that he had, eating in a pig's pen with the pigs. And the Bible said he came to his senses and he said, the servants of my father's house are eating better than I am. And he started out on his journey to go back home. And before he ever made it to the front porch, his father was standing with his arms wide open and his father ran to him. His father didn't say, go get cleaned up and come back and I'll clean you up. He said, welcome home, son. He said, hey, let's throw a party. That's what God wants to do in your life. Don't worry about the religious people. Worry about coming to Jesus and letting Jesus clean you up. If Jesus has cleaned anybody up at Jewel City, give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. So what happened here to the prodigal son is exactly what happened to me. The prodigal son was in the pig's pen and he got wind of grace. And I was in the pig's pen of a nightclub and I got the wind of grace. Listen carefully to what I'm saying. I'm speaking about grace and I'm speaking about truth. Jesus did not accept my behavior. Jesus gave me grace, but he did not endorse my fighting, my drinking, my carousing, and everything else that went along with it. He did not accept, that word accept, he did not accept my sinful behavior, but he accepted me as his wayward child. What he accepted is what he could do with me. Same with you when he called your name. I remember Donnie Skinner saying, or excuse me, Donnie Floyd saying many years ago, I don't have your testimony, Pastor. I've never drank. I've never been in a bar. I've never fought. But he said, I was just as dirty as you before I come to know Jesus Christ. He didn't tell me to go clean up and come back. He said, you come back and I'll clean you up. Listen to John 1 and 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory and the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Somebody say grace. grace. Somebody say truth. Grace. So here it is. It's not just grace, but truth. It's not just truth, but grace. It's grace and truth. Grace, the definition, the free and unmerited favor of God. You don't deserve it. You didn't earn it. It's just an unmerited favor of God. Truth is that which is consistent with the mind, the will, the character, the glory, and the being of God. God is the final judge of all truth. And I don't want to offend you or assault you, but sometimes I'm good at it. Your opinion and my opinion does not matter. There's only one truth, and that is God and God's word. If you believe that, 
And if you don't act like you do and give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. Somebody come to the piano, please. Let me wind this thing down, but stay focused with me. Grace told the adulterous woman, neither do I condemn thee, but truth said, go and sin no more. Grace said, neither do I condemn you. They brought the adulterous woman to the Lord they wanted to stone her, and Jesus knelt down, and he began to, we all like to know what he was saying when he was writing in, I think he was writing their names, the guys that had been with her. And they started leaving one at a time. He said, neither do I condemn you. That's the grace, Jim. But then he gave her the truth. He said, go and sin no more. Grace invited a swindler by the name of Zacchaeus to lunch. He was a chief tax collector, another one that was crooked. Grace invited him to lunch. Truth prompted him to sell half of everything that he had and give to the poor. In John chapter 30 or 13, Grace washed the feet of the disciples. But then truth said, do unto others as I have done unto you. Why do we live even in a church house where we want the grace of God, but we don't want the truth? We want God to forgive us, but we don't want to forgive anybody else. You can't have the grace without the truth. You need them both to be prosperous, joyful in your life. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Grace invited a woman at the well to drink everlasting water. But truth reminded her, that she'd already been through five husbands and the one she was shacking up with was not her husband. Stand with me, would you? I can tell it's getting tight in here. John chapter three, verse one and two, I wanna read it. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night. There's a message there. And said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Nicodemus was a ruler of the Jews. That means he was a senator or a member of the Sanhedrin. He was a powerful a man, the ruling body of the Jews. He was a powerful, wealthy man. But I want you to note that Jesus, uh, that, excuse me, that Nicodemus came to Jesus at night apparently he did this because he feared the other leaders who opposed Jesus. Maybe he feared it would hurt his status quo. And he came to him at night. And when he came right here, he's talking about the miracles. He said, you've got to be from God. Basically, Nicodemus is saying, who, who are you? Who are you? And Jesus went right to the heart of the matter. He said, miracles and signs are not what is important. I met someone one time that said I'm always, that they were always chasing the glory. Everybody looking for a miracle and signs. And right here Jesus says, in verse five he said, Jesus answered, verily I say unto thee, except the man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. 
Jesus was gracious enough to meet Nicodemus at night, but he was truthful enough to tell him, I don't care who you are. You've got to be born again. You have got to have a moment where the Spirit of the Lord quickens your heart. Man can't be saved unless the Spirit of the Lord draws you and you humble yourself before an almighty God and you acknowledge. He said, I don't care who you are. I said earlier, I was brought up in church. That didn't make me a Christian. You can sleep in a garage all night long, it don't make you a car. You can climb a tree, it don't make you a squirrel. You can come to church, it don't make you a Christian. There's grace, but there's truth. There's only one way. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So how do I deal with these people that get on my nerves? I gotta have grace, but I gotta be bold enough to give them the truth. Jesus was gracious enough to meet him at night, but he sure was truthful enough to tell him the truth. I wrote this down because I read it. Jesus shared truth, but graciously. Jesus offered grace, but truthfully. The Bible says, a lot of people misquote this. They say, the truth will set you free. It's not what the word says. The word said, the knowledge of the truth will set you free. Lord, I need more grace. And I need to be able to wrap it with the truth and to share it with people. Has this message spoke to anyone's heart beside mine? Be honest with me. Be honest. Anybody in the house got somebody that you avoid? Huh? Raise your hand. It's a shame that you're married to them, right? Can I be honest? I want to be honest with you. When the staff gets on my nerves, I'd rather just go to my office and shut the door, honestly. And then we have these talks and they say, just, you know, just, let's just sit down and talk about it. Sometimes I don't like to talk about it. <laughs> Sometimes I like to brew about it. He's still working on it. And I believe he's still working on all of us. When we think we got there, we thought wrong. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I want to give the invitation a little backwards this time. If you're here this morning and you got some of them same struggles, you got some Levi's in your life and you don't know how to deal with them, slip your hand again real high. Slip your hand again. Say, you're just putting your hand toward heaven, like getting a signal there. Lord, I'm asking you to touch their hearts. I'm asking you, whoever their Levi is, that they can, through your presence, Lord, open up your heart and invite them into the warmth of your heart and their, their hearts, Lord. Help us, God, to see our own faults, our own mistakes. Help us not to write people off, not to avoid, not to shun to unify 
come together. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I don't know your hearts today. Maybe you've been in church all your life. But have you ever had that born again experience where you realize, the Bible said, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Is there one? Would you slip your hand up and say this morning, I won't come to you, I won't embarrass you. There's nothing embarrassing about it. Slip your hand up and say, today, Pastor, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to ask Jesus to forgive me of my sins. Is there one? You've heard the word of God, but you've never made that move. Is there one? Is there one? Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. Make sure to check out our live groups or small groups. 